When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We're going over to France now and... A man I affectionately know as Golden Tonsils. He's called every test match I can ever remember, and he's calling some test matches over at the World Cup. Grant Nisbet joins us. Nisbo, um, you've been to a few World Cups. Before we talk about the rugby per se, how's France going as a host? Oh, pretty well, I think, Steph. Um, I mean, the weather has been absolutely perfect. We've been in Lyon now for about the last 10 days or so, and... You know, daytime temperatures are still in the high 20s. And um, so conditions for the rugby has been fantastic. I think I think they've done a damn good job. Um, you know, the crowds have been good, even for the, some of the lesser games. I think the crowds have been exceptional on occasions, mostly sellouts. And uh, the good folk of France seem to have embraced this. Of course, they still rate themselves a really big chance to win this damn thing. And so... You know, there's a lot of fervour around, nationalistic fervour around. Even if you go to a game not involving France, you've probably heard the French national anthem belting out. So uh, they, um, you know, they're really into it, and it's been good so far. The thing that's amazed me is um, you always do get travelling fans, but they reckon there's 30,000 Irish have gone over to the World Cup. It's, it's quite phenomenal, the people that have travelled to France. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. We were in a in a social setting yesterday, actually, and the, and we were involved with the Portuguese fans, and they were fantastic. They they just sang for about two hours. They had a song for everything. I no idea what they were singing about, quite clearly. But um, if they were any example, you know, not exactly a uh, a heavyweight in terms of world rugby, but uh, boy, they're enthusiastic fans, and they're just one example. People have come from obviously all over the world. Yes, I feel for the Wallabies fans. Um, boy, what what a disappointing tournament for them, Nisbo. We've had a few days to sort of digest what they've been going through. They eked out a win today, of course, but uh, their quarterfinals chances look pretty much spent. It's pretty sad for, for, for rugby, I think, that one of the former powers of world rugby are really dwindling. Yeah, and look, I've got to get it right uh, because, of course, they're hosting in four years' time. So um, they're on warning, aren't they, that uh, something needs to be done. I think when you look at the team that's come over here, Staff, and then you look at some of the players who have been left behind, some of the selections were dubious at best. And um, Eddie Jones has to take full responsibility for that. And whether he's going to be around much longer remains to be seen. I did hear that he'd only actually ever signed a one-year contract and the fact that a lot of people are saying he's, he's there for the next three or four years uh, may not be correct. I don't know. Uh, there's been no confirmation one way or the other, but um, he simply wasn't the right bloke for the job. I'm sure Dave Rennie has uh, got a wry, a wry smile on his face. But, yeah, I think team selections for a start-off were, were poor. 
too many experienced players left at home. You need the experience of World Cups for sure. You can you can have a nice blend if you want, but don't leave experienced guys at home because um, you know they know what it's like when the chips are down. I just want to pick uh, through the top four teams with you. Um, Ireland, France, South Africa, All Blacks. I'd be surprised if someone outside that four didn't win it. But I'm still buzzing about that Ireland-South Africa game, Nisbo, and I haven't spoken to you since it. That, that to me, and I know France are at home and, and they're a very good side, but I think that lay the marker of the two teams to beat. Gladiatorial, wasn't it? It was just confrontational. Um, we all know that the Springboks went in with 7-1 split, so there was never anything uh, subtle about how they were going to approach approach the game, but the Irish met them head on. And uh, I've been really impressed with Ireland at this tournament. I really have. I mean, I had my doubts, actually. I mean, I know they won the Six Nations and all the rest of it, but I did have a few doubts about their depth and whether, in fact, if uh, they could survive if Johnny Sexton got hurt. I, he seems to be back to full fitness, even at 38 years of age. So, look, I've been really impressed. They they are well-drilled. They know exactly what they're going to do when they're going to do it. We know what the Springboks are like. We see them on a regular basis. And uh, they played damn well in that game, too. And you could argue they should have won it because they missed a lot of kicks but um, they didn't. And so uh, the, the prize for Ireland winning is probably a clash with the All Blacks. So, no, I have been impressed with Ireland for sure. France, the, the home side, I guess, like it was big news over here when DuPont went down and World Rugby said he can, he can play with a hockey mask or something on. Um, are France a little bit more relaxed now? I'm, I'm talking French rugby public, that Captain Fantastic's going to be there at the pointy end of the tournament? Well, I guess so, but you've got to have a little bit of a doubt about it because, I mean, it, it is a serious injury and you do wonder about, about his confidence. He's in a confrontational position. I mean, number nine, you're always going to be in contact with um, with maybe the big forwards coming through from the opposition and whether his confidence is somewhat dented by that, uh, whether he wears a mask or not, I'm not sure, but, you know, he's been cleared to train again. But I just worry about the contact and he's going to have to make tackles and all sorts of things, really. Um, and he is an absolute key. I mean, having lost uh, Intermac before the tournament ever started, uh, to lose, possibly lose Dupont as well, it was catastrophic for French rugby. And, and they were they were bewildered for a couple of days about how things were going to happen. And I think the mood of the nation lifted when it was found that he, he was able to carry on. But despite the fact that he is carrying on, staff, I'm not sure how effective he's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see whether they run him out in the last game, the last pool game against the Italians. I suspect not. But, um, uh, you know, when it comes to the pointy end, uh, quarterfinals, which, uh, let's face it, they're only a couple of weeks away, then um, I don't know. I just don't know how effective he's going to be. We all know that he's a great player, but um, how much has this dented his confidence? Mm, yeah, really good point. Good point. Another, another thing I want to ask you about was the All Blacks going into World Cups are usually number one in the world. They've always had a fantastic couple of years build up, winning Tri-Nations, Bledisloes. It's very different this year coming into the World Cup at number four. Uh, very recent, you know, series loss to Ireland, losing to Argentina, losing the warm-up match, losing the opening match. We're in a very, very different position. Um and I'd, and I'd say, put with my bookmaking hat on, Nisbo, uh, the worst chance, mathematically, we've got of winning a World Cup. 
Yeah, this is the 10th World Cup. You're probably right. Um, we've probably gone into every World Cup, the previous nine, as the favourites to win it. I doubt very much whether we win in as favourites to win this one. Probably France did because of their um, you know, home advantage, obviously, but also their form that they'd shown. So the All Blacks kind of flew under the radar, particularly after losing that first game against the French. I think a lot of people said, well, they're simply not up to it. Uh, Namibia, of course, didn't tell us anything. But I think that performance the other day against the Italians has made the rugby world sit up and suddenly take notice and think maybe the All Blacks are getting back to something like their very best. I mean, that was compelling to watch, even though the opposition weren't great. Let's be honest about it. But they were a legitimate opponent, no doubt about that. They're a Six Nations opponent. They play these teams on a regular basis, but nobody, nobody takes them apart the way the All Blacks did the other day. Yeah, we nearly put 100 on them, and I went back at the Six Nations record, the recent Six Nations record, and while they didn't win, um, they pushed every team they played. I think Ireland only beat them by about 9 or 12 or, or something like that. So people people here saying, oh, look, it was just Italy. They didn't fire a shot. But um, I think we're maybe underestimating the quality of performance from the All Blacks. It, 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 was, it was damn good. Yeah, it was good, and it was pretty obvious in the first ten minutes or so that it was going to be good. I think they'd, I think they'd banked a bonus point after about fifteen minutes, and they were kind of like I think I said on the commentary, kind of like caged tigers. They'd had a week off, and I don't think that sat too well with them. They just want to get out there and play, and unfortunately for the Italians, they were the next cab off the rank, and they copped it big time. And it was very hard to find an All Black who didn't play well on the night. But, I mean, it was just a collective effort and real impact off the bench. And I think they can now take some real confidence into the quarterfinals. And, you know, Ireland will be starting to have a look. And I tell you what will also be pretty significant, too, is that Joe Schmidt is now in the All Black camp, of course. And Joe Schmidt, probably the man who's responsible for the revival in Irish rugby over the last five or six years, now he sits in a different camp and he's coaching against most of the players that he puts, uh, you know, in the Irish team in the first place. So I think he'll be pretty significant in the, in that quarterfinal clash. What what do you predict they're going to do with the All Black team with one one uh, another lowly opponent before Ireland? I mean, the temptation normally with All Blacks, you reward good performances, but I don't know that he'll put... A, I think it's going to go one or two ways in this, but I think Sam Kane will start if he's right because he needs a few more minutes. It's either going to be a very, very similar side or it's going to be very, very different. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's a strong body of opinion amongst, um, well, guys that I'm uh, involved with, the likes of Sir John Kirwan and and, um, and Jeff Wilson to uh, and Mills uh, to... to um, to go with the top team again um, because, you know, there's no time to experiment anymore. I think we pretty much know who our top team is. We pretty much know who we want to bring off the bench and what better way to do it is to have a, a genuine dress rehearsal. Now, whether Ian Foster and company decided that way, I'm not sure. They, I'm pretty sure they want to see Sam Kane play for close to 80 minutes. They may give Ethan Blackadder a run. I don't know. Um, but I don't see any reason why they shouldn't put their best players out there. Some of them are a bit short of a gallop. I mean, Geordie Barrett, of course, was only playing his first game the other day. Tyrell Lomax hasn't had a great deal of time. Neither Shannon Frizzell. Maybe they want to get them involved again. So um, they've got a bit of a dilemma. And um, I don't know which way they're going to go. 
And one of the talking points over here is, isn't necessarily their starting 15. I think we know, you know, Cody Taylor, Aaron Smith, those two p- positions in particular. Uh, Dane Coles looks like he might have taken the number two mantle over Tokyo, probably based on his line-out throwing. And Cam Roygaard's making every post the winner to be the deputy to Aaron Smith. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the bench, I, I felt in that opening game in Paris that maybe the bench didn't provide as much impact as we would have liked. Um, and, you know, there, there was no significant change in the second half. But the bench certainly made a huge impact against Italy, um, relative, of course, to the fact that Italy weren't very good. But, you know, you got you got significant change when, um, when Coles came on, obviously. Cody Taylor did a great job for 60 minutes. Um, the scrum was fantastic when uh, Tamati Williams and uh, Tyrell Lomax took over. They were they were great. Um, you know, Roy Gard came on and made another a real impact. And, and I, I suppose Damien McKenzie's name gets thrown around a lot. Would would you put him on the bench in a in a major game? Um, I think he showed that he's a man who can, if the opposition is tiring as they can do in the last twenty minutes, he's the man who can cut some capers. And I. Um, I'd be very happy to see him on the bench in a big game. Right, I'm going to play a little bit of commentary idle with you, Nisbo. I'll start the I'll start the sentence and you finish it for me. So, uh, so that's the end of the quarter final with the final score between Ireland and New Zealand is favouring the All Blacks by 21 points to 18, and then to the semi-final they go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> oh, let's hope it is. 21-18. I'm writing that down. I'm leaving it on my desk and let's see how close we get. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. But actually, just finally, just away from the rugby, did you happen to catch the grand final of the NRL? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. It was, can't believe this. It was on French television. But um, yes, and what a great game. Fantastic. And um, I've got to be honest, I was hoping the Broncos might end Penrith's uh, reign, but and I thought at what twenty four eight or something. I thought, well, this is this is uh, going really well. But uh, what a great finish by Penrith, and um, they are a fantastic team, aren't they? I mean, three in a row that is that is not easy to do, and it, it was certainly great viewing. Yeah, in the days of modern sports, back to back to back is very very hard to do, as you say, Nisbo. Hey, listen, uh, I'll let you get some kip, mate. Uh, looking forward to hearing your calls uh, for the rest of the tournament. Thanks heaps for joining us down here in your old hometown in New Zealand. Good on your staff. Take it easy, mate.